Hey guys, it's Simi, and this is Brussling Unlimited, as it's Monday, and that means tonight was Monday Night Raw. Now, as far as tonight's Raw does go, I thought it was a good show, but unlike the last couple of weeks, it felt a little long. Like, it felt longer than most Raws we've been getting. Like, most Raws we've been getting haven't really felt like the full three hours, but this one felt like a three-hour show. Now, I don't know why. It felt like that to me. I don't know if other people feel the same way. That's just how it felt for me. Other than that, I mean, we got some good progression with different things. Well, kind of. We got progression with, we know when the IC title match is taking place with Gunter and and um, Chad Gable. We got a new tag team on Raw with Riddle and McIntyre. We got, you know, Seth and Shinsuke. We knew that was leading to a title match, and they confirmed that. But then, what they're still building towards is another god dang, and we'll get to this, Becky Trish match. Why do we need it again? Why do we need a cage match? Come on. Come on. Really? Really? But we'll talk about it when we talk about it and when we get to it because they did a match tonight. There was nothing. I was bored, almost fell asleep, but we got Luke right over here. Luke, what do you think of tonight's Raw? I thought Raw was, I thought it was like an okay show, not a great show. With like a lot of questions at the end, which we'll get to it when we get to it, but some parts where I was like kind of bored with it, and there was like some parts that were that was like really good, like so it was very like a up and down show. Right, I can see that. Yeah, there were some boring parts. Like I'm sitting here watching, going, "Oh, what the hell's going on now?" Like it was so boring that like I zoned out a couple times. So I will say that. I will say that. But as far as everything does go, I do want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits or a hype chat in the live chat. Also, remember, you can support us by subscribing to the channel one. Of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff of four games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember, don't just do it to support us, do it to support yourself. Play go Pokemon Go. You get stuff for that game. If you play Diablo 4, you get stuff for that game. You play League of Legends, they'll give you stuff there. You want free games? They'll give you free games as well. Right now, and this game is awesome. I've played it so much. Quake 4. You take your Twitch, take your Amazon Prime, you link them together, bada bing, bada boom. They'll give you Quake 4 for free. They'll also give you Farming Simulator 19. Payday 2. Plus the Gag Mode Courier Pack. Payday 2. Awesome game. Can't wait for Payday 3 to come out. And so many other really cool games as well, like Kings of King of Monsters 2, which is a fun old game, Three Count Bout. So yeah, don't just do it to support us. Do it to help yourself out and get a bunch of free games. Just link your Amazon, your Twitch, and it doesn't even have to be your Amazon. That's anybody's Amazon, whether that's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your grandma, your grandpa, your auntie, your uncle, anybody. Also remember to head over to YouTube, hit that join button down below and become a channel member. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. 
head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game like uh, EA Sports FC, Remnant 2, claiming one of the free games, Europa Universe Sales 4, and Orwell keeping an eye on you. Maybe you're getting into Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys. You want to get some bucks for that game? Use our code PWUnlimited at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, use this code right here, PWUNLIMITED at checkout to support us on the Epic Game Store. Again, doesn't cost you anything. Just a couple of seconds. Hell, have you still not ever played or gotten into Grand Theft Auto V? Do it. It's only 30 bucks, And then you use the code and you support us. I mean, who hasn't played Grand Theft Auto V, though? Most people probably have. If you play video games, you probably have. But with that, as far as Raw does go, Michael Cole said tonight was a massive night of matches, and they pro- uh, proceeded to announce two matches. Two matches. Massive night of matches, and they told us about two. Cody Rhodes will face Finn Balor, who Michael Cole stated Cody Rhodes is the Beast Slayer. So he's taken that moniker from Seth Rollins. He's no longer the Beast Slayer. Cody is the Beast Slayer. And, of course, Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus with Zoe Stark banned from ringside. Plus, Michael Cole did tell us he will interview Shinsuke Nakamura later on in the show. Show then opens up with Judgment Day, Sands minus without Finn Balor. It's just Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest, and Dirty Dominic Mysterio. Ripley said that they run raw but admitted they haven't had things going their way recently. He said that Balor should have won the title at SummerSlam, and Judgment Day should have won the six-man tag last week. Priestley said that Judgment Day would still dedicate what happens on Raw, or dictate what happens on Raw, as long as they hold the briefcase. Then I get a message from a source going, uh, we might be screwed with ratings here because the Donald Trump indictment stuff is about to go down. And it did go down tonight, but not as big as people thought it was going to be. It wasn't as big of a news story as most people thought. And my whole thing was, them just saying they're going to indict Trump for a fourth time, and Trump, like, going to the indictment and, and video live of him going to the courthouse, two different things. So, like, I, I was like, no. I don't think the whole Trump news tonight is going to do anything, especially since it's his fourth indictment. Like, whatever. And I don't think it did affect the ratings because if you looked at Twitter all night or X, Raw was still number one, even though Georgia got up to number two and some other related uh, phrases were trending, it never eclipsed Raw as number one while Raw was live on the air. And I can even go check that still just to see. But I don't think it's going to affect the rating because it didn't, Like, the news didn't break and pop as big as everyone thought it was going to be. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's still not eclipsing Raw. Raw is still, well, now it has because Raw is over. And it just, I refreshed again. Now, Georgia is the number one trending thing on Raw or on Twitter. But it wasn't during um, the broadcast. And I checked it, like, five minutes before the show ended, maybe ten minutes. So unless it came at the end, regardless, I don't think it's going to affect the ratings. But I had somebody tell me, hey, I think this could uh, hurt the ratings tonight. And I'm like, eh, I don't think so. But regardless. They would have been just fine. Huh? They would have been just fine. Yeah. So Priest said that Balor 
would beat Rhodes tonight in their main event match. And Balor should be out there telling us this himself, though. He assured us that Judgment Day was not breaking up, but proceeded to rant about Balor's absence. Then we hear some music, and I'm going, who's this? We then see the Titan Tron, the big screen, and it's green with like a face. And I still say, well, who's this? Crowd, dead, don't know who this is. And then finally, J.D. McDonough comes out, and I go, oh, yeah, I would have never guessed. Even though I should have known, I would have never guessed. Why is J.D. McDonough's video just green, a green wall with like a, a drawn face? And I never heard his music. And if I, I mean, I, I probably heard his music before, but never paid attention because I don't pay attention to the music most of the time. So J.D. comes out to like no reaction. Chris warns him, choose your words wisely. McDonough's like, hey, 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 I'm not out here to disrespect the most dominant faction in WWE. I'm here to relay a message from Finn. I'm like, what? Relay a message? Well, this is just getting dumb now. He said, worry about your real targets, Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn. Ripley then told him, we don't take orders. We don't especially take orders from someone that's not in the judgment day. Dom then told McDonough, while the crowd was drowning him out in booze, they have things on lockdown. Dom said that he was the NXT North America champion and added, quote, Also, I just found out Canada's part of North America, so I guess I'm the champion of this dump. I found that line so funny. So funny. Ripley then told McDonough to tell Balor, he wants to talk, we need to talk to him ourselves. Out would come Sami Zayn, and Rhea goes, Oh God, not another one. Fortunately, he wasn't here to talk, he was here to fight. Zayn attacked McDonough. They talked about his big-ass bursa sack on his elbow last week. However, Zayn took his attention away from McDonough at one point and looked at the Judgment Day, so McDonough slammed his arm against the ring post. This then led to a match between Sami Zayn and J.D. McDonough that went 11 minutes and 45 seconds. So, before we get into the match, what do you think of the opening segment? I thought the opening segment was okay. It's kind of confused by like the whole jade mcdonough stuff like where his like titan tron stuff was all green i thought it would have been like purple since well no he's not part of judgment day yet not yet at least but they could maybe like tease something maybe he could be so here's my question with jd is this leading to him joining judgment day or is this leading to finn leaving judgment day and we end up getting priest and dominic against jd and finn That's a good question. I I don't know. Because it can go either way. But as we've seen, at least Damian Priest is not up to adding new members to the group. At least that's how he's coming off every time he dismisses JD, which we'll talk about later once they do the backstage stuff. Uh, Do you know what they could do? Go for it. Let's say they all just kick out Finn and they replace him with, like, JD McDonough and they have, like, Jay McDonough. They're like, Go up to Finn, ask for advice and stuff, and then just like playing mind games with like Finn, and then ultimately, ultimately ends up JD joining Judgment Day and replacing Finn. Okay, so you think all of this of JD wanting to help Finn is to actually infiltrate and get into the Judgment? So basically, like when Finn showed up and they kicked Edge out. Kind of. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Starts the match itself, does go Sami Zayn versus J.D. McDonough. 
McDonough worked over Zane's arm and removed the covering. Zane tried fighting back. He only basically had one arm he can work with, but McDonough went for the hurt arm and hit a knee drop on the arm over the announced desk. After a commercial break, McDonough caught Zane midair with a drop kick as Zane came off the top rope. Zane then fought back with a clothesline, some punches, and a one-armed Michinoku driver for a two. Which, the one-armed Michinoku driver, impressive. Very impressive. McDonough then responded with a Spanish fly for a two and transitioned into a crossface, trapping the hurt arm. But Zane did make it to the ropes. McDonough then kicked the bad arm repeatedly, and Zane gave him an exploder into the corner. This then led to Finn finally showing his face, sauntering down to the ring. Came down the aisle, but was stopped. Short way, uh, short of the ring. The distraction allowed McDonough to apply a cradle for a two. McDonough hit a headbutt and tried to go for a moonsault, but Zane got to his feet. No, no, got his feet up. Zane then knocked Balor off the apron before hitting um, a haluva kick on McDonough and pinning him to pick up the victory. So there we go. JD McDonough does not win. Sammy gets the victory. JD lost to a one-armed man. What'd you think of the match? Pretty good match, in my opinion. Pretty good match for Sammy only using one arm. Right. I mean, I honestly could have seen maybe JD pick up the win, but I think having Sammy win, probably the right call. Now, if Finn would have led to the finish, like Finn did something to help JD win, like I know he tried to do distraction or whatever, but if he like did something, I could have seen it going that way. There and be like, oh, you know, I'm loyal to you, just like you say you're loyal to me. Now, this next segment was a little like, what are they? Okay, sure. Chelsea Green is ranting to Adam Pierce about the tag team title situation. Pierce was about to announce that he was going to strip her of the titles and she cut him off. She then called him predictable and threatened to call his boss. No, better yet, human resources. Pierce then asked, well, what should we do? And she suggested hold auditions to crown a new partner for Chelsea Green. And here's the interesting thing. I'm 99.9% sure this was filmed last week. Because Chelsea Green posted a photo on social media in the same outfit with both tag titles on her arms in front of that raw screen in that same room. So I'm pretty sure this was filmed last week even though she was there today. Caden Carter and Katana Chance come in saying that they want to be the next champions. And all of a sudden, they get steamrolled by Piper Niven. She just lays them both out. Niven then goes over to Chelsea and takes one of the belts off of her shoulder and goes, I'm your new champ or your new partner. Chelsea's like, excuse me, what? No, I'm holding auditions. That's not what we're going to do. And then she's like, no, I'm your new partner. And she left with the other tag title. All that stuff over the weekend that was very entertaining with the Chelsea's Got Talent on Twitter was all for nothing. The only good thing that it led to was Tommaso Ciampa filming a second video today putting up missing best friend signs for Johnny Gargano, who we know was home with his son. So yeah, Chelsea and Piper are the tag champs now. And, 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 well, I, I see you're about to say something. Give me one more thing. Also, for all you people that commented, ain't this the Freebird rule? No! This is not the Freebird rule. The Freebird rule would work for the New Day, a three-man unit. The Freebird rule would work for the Judgment Day, a four-man unit with three people. Hey, Freebird means 
a faction has the belts, and any member of that faction can defend the belts. Not, oh, my partner's hurt. Don't strip me. I'll just get another partner. It's almost as dumb, well, it's dumber than when Lita got hurt by Trish and Trish filled in for her with Becky. At least that was like, I'm going to fill in for the night. I'm not claiming I'm the new tag team champion. So, yeah. Chelsea and Piper are now tag champs. And this is Chelsea's third partner in eight months. Less than eight months. Thoughts? Not going to lie. I totally forgot about Piper Niven. Once I saw her return, I was like, yeah. where's she been? And as far as like the Johnny Gargano stuff that you brought up, I honestly feel bad for him. They had, they had to spend his birthday by himself and not with Candace. Right. Hey, he was at home with his son. Maybe family there with him. I don't know. It would have uh, been nice if Candace was there with him, though. Right. So, last time we saw Piper Niven on television, so she worked a couple house shows in June, nothing in July. She was on main event, which is the last time we saw her on TV, May 1st. And the last time we saw her on Raw, um, right before WrestleMania, it was, no, right after WrestleMania, April 10th, she was in a triple threat to crown the next number one contender for the Raw Women's Champion. It was her. Eosky and Meechin. Eosky ended up picking up the win. Then she didn't work for a whole month before that. Well, three weeks before that. Where her and Chelsea Green, interestingly, I didn't realize this one. She has teamed with Chelsea already once this year. Her and Chelsea Green on an episode of Raw lost a match to Oscar and Bianca Belair. Huh. Okay, March 20th, 2023. Only well, time. I did remember. Well, I did remember they did team together once, and then they did the whole skit of like Adam Pierce saying that like like Piper Niven is already mad at you, and she doesn't want to team with you anymore. So you're gonna have to find yourself a new tag partner, and then they eventually gave her Sonia. Right. I mean, at least there's a smidgen of history. Those that go forward, Byron Saxton interviewed Cody Rhodes backstage. Saxton asked Rhodes about Balor being a loose cannon. And Rhodes said that you have to be a bit of a loose cannon to do this gig. Interesting. Loose cannon references when they're trying to sign the loose cannon's kid. So Rhodes. Who? Huh? Who? Brian Pillman, the loose cannon, his son, Brian Pillman Jr., reportedly oh, that's right. reportedly coming to NXT soon once all of his medical work is done. I thought they already signed him. Last word was they're still waiting on medical. So Rhodes admired Balor to a degree, he said, as he was a leader in Ireland, a leader in Japan, and now a leader here in Judgment Day, or with Judgment Day. He said, however, Priest and Ripley... We're both leaders as well. Rosen said, Dom was there too, and yeah, he was the submissive one. Rosen said that the group, they've taken out Liv Morgan, they've taken out Kevin Owens, but he was excited to wrestle in Winnipeg for the first time in many, many years. He also said he was ready 
for the Judgment Day. So then we get a segment that started out really good and then kind of fizzled at the end. It was the Gunther, Chad Gable, Imperium, Alpha Academy stuff. So Gunther enters. They cut to a promo of they're like, hey, let's learn more about Imperium. And then he's up on the announce table. Gunther said that he was building a legacy as the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. As a European, he looked forward to inviting or in, he looked forward to visiting Canada. But after walking around Winnipeg, he realized why they don't come here that often. Canada is an armpit. Or Winnipeg is the armpit of Canada. Gunther then spoke about his next opponent, Chad Gable. Gunther said he was impressed by Gable, who has worked hard for years and might be the best athlete in the company, but Gunther has already accomplished more in his career than Gable ever will. This then led to a long shoot from Gable as he, Otis, and Maxine would come out. Gable said that he successfully lasted over five minutes with Gunther a few weeks ago, but now Gunther was the one on the clock as it's getting closer to him breaking the record of the longest reigning champion of all time, and maybe he doesn't hit that record if Gable takes the title from him. Then Gable said something weird where he was like, yeah, but there's only 24 hours. He said something about like, yeah, and you may only have 24 hours before that happens because tonight we're not fighting. I'm fighting your boy, uh, uh, Vinci over there. And I'm like, 24 hours? What? No, you're not fighting on NXT. Anyways, Gable said that there was one thing in Gunther's way, a guy who's been waiting and working for this opportunity for about a decade now. Gable was chasing him down and was ready to take the IC title. Gable said that he would first deal with Gio, Giovanni Vinci, that is, tonight and told him to bring his beautiful bald head to the ring. This then led to Ludwig Kaiser talking for Giovanni Vinci. And I'll say it. I sent a tweet out saying the same thing. Ludwig Kaiser is a good talker, but his dialect and delivery get old quickly, hence why he lost the crowd here. Because when you talk like this for just a little too long, the crowd falls asleep sometimes. Like, yeah, anyways. Sounding more like The Rock making fun of Triple H back in the day. I am the gamer. Anyways. Ludwig said that Vinci would embarrass Gable, just like Kaiser embarrassed Otis last week. Ludwig would then go on to flirt with Maxine Dupree. He said Alpha Academy was a sinking ship and offered her his hand to save her before, well, she became an absolute embarrassment like them. Dupree slaps, uh, slaps Ludwig Kaiser, and the crowd goes mild. Again, he lost them with the way he talks. Like, he's a good talker, I will say that. But his talking is not meant to go for more than about a minute and a half, two minutes before people get bored with him and the way he talks. Yeah, I agree with you. I almost actually tweeted this part, this promo, where he, he kept trying to flirt with Maxine. I'm like, dude, you have a girlfriend. Well, him flirting with Maxine comes back to bite him in the ass later. Because it, it leads to Gunther yelling at him. It would be funny, though. Let's say tomorrow on NXT, someone made a reference to Tiffany Stratton saying, like, 
Like, don't you have, like, more things to worry about? Like, your boyfriend, like, flirting with other women? That'd be funny. I, I would actually laugh if they made a reference to that. So, we did get Giovanna Vinci versus Chad Gable. Vinci hit a series of hard chops early, but Gable came back with a released German suplex. Vinci blocked Gable's moonsault attempt and hit one of his own for a two. Gable responded with a Chaos Theory suplex and a pinfall victory. Match itself only went five minutes and ten seconds or so, maybe not even that. So, Gunther was pissed off. He's still standing on the table. And Gunther said, if Winnipeg was the armpit of Canada, then Otis was the armpit of humanity. Otis then starts gyrating up against the ropes at Gunther. Gunther ran down Otis and then demanded, you know what? I'll fight you and beat you. Let's go right now. Make it official. So that does lead to non-title match. Gunther versus Otis. Before we get into that one, what did you think of Chad Gable and Giovanni Vinci? I thought it was solid for the five minutes they got. Well, it's pretty obvious for Chad. Yeah. Chad to get the win. I thought Otis' part was funny. Where he kept, like, dancing on the right. ropes. Just swiveling his hips and gyrating. That's why, Maxine, that's why Maxine likes him. He's goofy and he's confident in himself. That's all you need to be. No matter what you look like half the time. Otis is a one-of-a-kind character. Oh, yeah. Trust me, I know plenty of chicks in real life that they're like, Otis is my favorite. I think he's adorable. That's why I watch. Like, I know three women that have told me similar things. Why do you think so many WWE women want to make TikToks with him? <laughs> so, this match also goes about five minutes. Gunther was in control, but Otis fought back with some wild fists and dropped him with the back elbow. They traded strikes until Otis hit a fallaway slam. Otis tried a caterpillar, but Gunther stomped him. This didn't look good, so Gunther stomped at him again. Gunther then powerbombed the big man, which he got him up, I'll say that, and then he pinned him to pick up the victory. So, Gunther defeats Chad Ga or Otis, and then Chad Gable runs in, immediately drops Gunther with a German suplex, and then Gunther left with Imperium. Ludwig did not look like, he looked like, oh crap, uh, why did we let that happen? So, there's a, a segment with them later where we'll get to that. So, what do you think of, you know, Otis and Gunther? That was a good five minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a good five minutes. I was also kind of hyped they did this match. Yeah. Two big men fighting with each other. I'm happy that they're building something and not just being like, oh, Chad's now the number one contender. He gets a match whenever, and then they really do nothing between the two or the, the two groups or whatever. So, I'm, I'm happy they're doing something there. Because you've seen too many times guys get a shot at whether it's Gunter or Austin Theory for the U.S. title or whatever, and there's no build-up to it. or they're doing, They don't do anything really other than, oh, you won the number one contender match. Matches in two weeks, and then nothing. So I do like this, that they're, they've been building something here. Did that a few times with, with like some of Gunther's opponents back in the day, yeah. like Rey Mysterio and Riddick Moss. Right. So then we get a video package hyping up Edge versus Sheamus this Friday in Toronto, Canada. I think that match is going to be so much fun. Edge and Sheamus have never had a singles match together, and I don't even know if they've ever been in any kind of match together. But I know for sure they haven't had a singles match. Let me see. Edge versus 
Seamus. Okay, they have teamed together before. And they have been in four ways against each other. So back in 2010, we had, on a Monday Night Raw, it was Edge and Sheamus versus Evan Bourne and John Cena. In 2010. Also, in 2010, at the Fatal 4-Way pay-per-view, it was Edge versus John Cena versus Randy Orton versus Sheamus. Interesting. That was a stupid name for a pay-per-view back in the day. No, no. Every match on the, or every top match on the show was a Fatal 4-Way. Fatal 4-Way for the Divas title. Fatal 4-Way for the World Heavyweight Championship. Fatal 4-Way for the uh, WWE Heavyweight Championship. So that's why it was Fatal 4-Way. I mean, I get that. But yeah, I know. It was dumb. Personally, <laughs> personally, I've never been a big fan of, like, pay-per-views that were, like, named after matches, if that makes sense. 100%. Well, except for Extreme Rules. That's the one I give the leeway to. It's still Extreme cut. Rules and Money, Money in the Bank are the only two? Right. Money in the Bank is fine. Money in the Bank's the best example. Extreme Rules is okay, but it's still kind of dumb when you go, oh. It's October, time to have a pay-per-view where every match has to have a stipulation. Like, I'm not a big fan of that, per se. At least Money in the Bank, that's based off of a concept and winning something called Money in the Bank and not just like, oh, this pay-per-view is called Ladder Match. So. Those are the two Edge, Sheamus encounters I can find. There might be more. I don't know, but those are the two that I could find that came up immediately on cage match. The four-way, and then the tag team match. We're getting back. I feel, Go for I it. I feel like they've also, like, either teamed up against each other or they faced each other in, like, a Survivor Series match. I, I don't know if that's Maybe. That's possible. And, of course, they've probably interacted in a rumble once or twice, but... <clears throat> Uh, we get a video package recapping everything that happened with the Bloodline back last Friday. Apparently, Jey Uso was done. Jey Uso was on the alumni section. Jey Uso gave them deuces, said, I'm out. We'll see, how long honestly, that, see how long that lasts. I am honestly, like, sick and tired of, like, people constantly tweeting, like, he's either all elite or he's going to all in. So dumb! It is the so dumb. dumbest! But we'll see how long this lasts. Because what was it? When CM Punk said he quit, was it three weeks? So. I want to say so, yeah. Oh, uh, we go to the back. Jackie Redman. This is from earlier in the day. Jackie Redman interviewed Drew McIntyre. Redman said that it was great to have Drew back on Raw and asked, what's next? All of a sudden, in comes Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle was like, hey, let's team together. I need a partner tonight against the Viking Raiders. And I'm like, what the fuck is Riddle facing the Viking Raiders? What? Where, where, what kind of, what is that? Huh? Makes no sense. Riddle then ran down potential names for the duo. McIntyre then cut him off and was like, whoa, 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 I really don't want to be a tag team partner. He's like, oh, really? He's like, okay, how about this? If you can't find anybody else, then maybe I'll consider it. And so my first thought was, okay, 
Riddle, just don't go ask anybody else and you'll get Drew. That's all you got to do. Just don't try. <clears throat> yeah, because it'll make it seem, to Drew, it'll just make it seem like, oh, I'm your last option. Right. We got a uh, Indy Hartwell hype video. She's facing Rhea Ripley later in the show. Michael Cole then plugged that WrestleMania tickets are going on sale. Uh, because they're, uh, but they didn't say the date, which is very weird. He didn't say the date. It's, the, it's this Friday, it's the 18th, this Friday. But for some reason, Michael Cole was just like, oh, WrestleMania tickets going on sale soon. I'm like, what? He literally said, WrestleMania comes to Philadelphia this, uh, the, Philadelphia, the first Sunday, sa- Saturday and Sunday of April. Tickets are available Friday. But you can't say a number, a date? Huh? I mean, maybe from his point of view, if you said this Friday, you don't really need to say a date. No, true. But come on, some people like to know the date. And you're going to make us work to go find that date? Anyways, nitpicking. Matt Riddle comes out. Viking Raiders come out. Riddle's standing there waiting, waiting. We hear the and Riddle's jumping for joy. Yeah, Drew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So out comes Drew McIntyre to team with Matt Riddle in a nine and a half minute match. I liked the match. It was fun. Not much to it, though, for being almost 10 minutes long, which is the weird thing. Uh, the Raiders beat up Riddle through a break. Well, I guess that's probably why we got a commercial break and a long. It's still like a longer break than normal, too. But uh, the Raiders beat up Riddle through a break until he suplexed Eric and made a hot tag to McIntyre. Took out both opponents with suplexes and neck breakers before giving Ivar a Michinoku driver, and he got a two off of it. Riddle tagged in and had to fight off a double team before McIntyre got tagged back in. Riddle then wiped out Ivar with a dive. McIntyre then hit Eric with a claymore and picked up the victory. So there we go. Riddle, McIntyre, get the win. Cool. Not much to the match, though. Any thoughts? Not really. I mean... Sucks for the Viking Raiders that they keep losing. So. Right. Now, they had some losses recently where they still looked really good, so I wasn't too eh on that. But this just made them look like whatever, we don't care about them tag teams. When you go and lose to the makeshift team, what the fuck? I mean, losing to like a regular tag team, you know, that, that like that's fine. Right. But like, like when you're losing to like two guys that aren't really a tag team, it's like, okay. Doing it more of this Raquel Rodriguez pity party. Raquel's in there with, he approaches Indy and Candice. Indy's getting ready for her match warming up. Raquel's like, man, I just, I want to fight. I want to go after Rhea. I want to fight her, but the doctor still won't clear me. And Candice is like, don't worry about it. You get your clearance. It's going to be fine, but you have to, you have to wait. You have to be patient. You don't want to rush it and get hurt again. You'll get that clearance. We all know you will. Indy's going to go out there. She's going to fight Rhea tonight, and we'll see how it goes. And Raquel's just like, okay, good luck. Eh, not the best of segments. Candice tried to pull it together as much as she could. But they really didn't give him much to work with and just meh. So we go backstage and Riddle is super excited about his new tag team. New tag team partner. And a man, this guy goes through tag team partners. Like, loses one, grabs another, don't even care. Because he had... Pete Dunn, Stallion Pete. Then he went to Randy Orton. And Randy got hurt. He said, I don't care. He's trying to find a new partner. Like, whatever. 
Now, now, if you saw his video with Champa earlier today, you know he still cares about Randy. He still misses Randy. But New Day approaches uh, Riddle and... Well, actually, they don't approach him. Riddle and McIntyre walk up on the New Day. Freaking Xavier Woods sporting a new hairdo we'd never seen from him before. And, you know, Riddle and McIntyre are like, yeah, we can go win the tag titles. And New Day's like, ooh, excuse me? He said, what? You think you guys deserve to go for it and win the tag titles? Uh, we got a real team right here that's going to do that. And you're going to say that disrespectful stuff on Kofi's birthday? And they're like, oh, sorry. Uh, happy birthday, Kofi. And Woods is like, you know what? You want to figure out who the best tag team is? But we fight you guys next week. New day against you two. And Riddle accepted. And the match is official. They announced it later on in the night. It is the New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, taking on the team of Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre next week. Cool. I think you forgot an important line that Xavier Woods said. Hmm. What was it? It was the part of, it's like, what's happening in this place? You know, oh, no, I got Jay, it. Jay, uh, no, no, I have the whole thing. I have the whole line. I know the whole line. Like, Xavier Woods loses his shit and goes, what is going on? Shinsuke's hit, uh, hitting Seth? Jay's kicking Jimmy? Street Profits think they're Shelton and Cedric? What's going on here? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. That was a, that was a great line. He was, it he popped was spot me. on. The, the, the last part popped me when he goes, Street Profits think they're Shelton and Cedric? I died. I died so hard. <laughs> Dude, Xavier Woods has always been like perfect for that oh, kind yeah. of stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man's amazing. As so, far as like the match next week, I can honestly. I feel like from Drew McIntyre's like look or like body language, it made it seem like he might turn heel on on Riddle. That's what I was thinking. Because <clears throat> he's probably gonna go the route. like, hey, stop speaking for me. I can speak for myself. Right. That and the whole. Hey, that was fun, but. So. Move forward to a three-minute match. Non-title. Women's World Champion Rhea Ripley taking on Indy Hartwell. Literally, Indy got maybe one or two moves. Rhea whooped her butt fairly easy. Headbutt, riptide, pinder. That was it. But there was like a, a mid-match little deal with Candice tried to get involved or distraction or whatever. But nothing to it at all. After the match, though, Candice Theray would attack Rhea Ripley. But Ripley started beating her up, too. Baby faces only got the edge over Ripley when they teamed up two on one, and then they quickly baited once Dominic hit the bailed once Dominic hit the ring. So yeah, just showing Rhea can beat up two women at once, kinda sorta. And Dom Dom had to come to her aid this time, which is interesting. I feel like next week they'll probably do a two on one handicap. You think it'll be handicap? I just assume I just assumed her and Candice one on one. I can see the handicap, though. Damn. We are going to make them both look really bad then. It'll probably be like a three-minute handicap match, too. I mean, if that's the case, then poor Candace and Indy. Right. Next up, we had Shinsuke Nakamura being interviewed by Michael Cole. I liked how they kept this short and sweet and to the point. Nakamura wore all black. He wore a black suit. And Cole said that Nakamura... Has known Seth Rollins for basically his entire career. 
and said, why did you do what you did last week? Nakamura did the best thing a foreign wrestler that's heel can do, speaking your native language and piss off the crowd not speaking in their language. So he starts talking in Japanese, and then he says, they want the world title. Cole asked if he had to, did you really have to kick Seth in the head, though? More talking in Japanese. And then just says, I win the world title. This then led to Seth Rollins coming out. He get in the, got in the ring and goes, well, good job there, Michael, but I'll take it from here. Rollins thought that it was odd that Nakamura would attack him. He's like, you know where I am. Everyone knows where to find me. I'm not hard to find. You want a shot at the belt? Just ask for it. Just ask. Rollins called himself a fighting champion who had the utmost respect for Shinsuke Nakamura. Well, that was until last week. Except Nakamura wanted a title shot. Should have asked. Rollins said, everyone has been asking him all week, why? Why did Nakamura do what he did? Why did Nakamura attack you? Rollins just said that he wondered how he's going to get even. Rollins has said that Nakamura, that how is giving you your wish. You are getting a shot at my World Heavyweight Championship because I now want to fight you. He said, you name the place, you name the time, and you get the title shot. Nakamura seemed happy. Rollins said that Nakamura just needs to figure it out. And then Rollins will kick his ass. Rollins tried to get a handshake from Nakamura, but instead, Nakamura kind of shook his hand, whispered something in his ear, and Seth went, started looking around all scared. And Michael Cole was like, well, whatever Shinsuke whispered to Seth really kind of flabbergasted him, really kind of scared him a little bit. And then Rollins is looking around all confused, and Nakamura once again drops him with a Kinsasha. So I assume this match is taking place to payback. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. What do you think of the segment? I mean, I thought the segment was effective, and yes. I like... I like what Shinsuke did, you know, piss off the American crowd, not even like... Well, no, Canadian crowd, Canadian crowd. Oh, Canadian crowd. Still speaking English, though. I like, yeah, I like what Shinsuke did. Him with the black suit just walking down the ring just gave off like those final boss vibes. Right? Yes. I didn't think about it like that, but yes. I liked it. We go to the back with Byron Saxton. He interviewed The Miz who claimed that he's better than L.A. Knight in the ring and on the mic. Miss said the Saxton, or asked Saxton if he thought Knight was somebody, and Saxton said, yeah. Miss yelled at him and said he would beat somebody next week who was better than anyone Knight has ever faced. Miss also said that he might show up this week on SmackDown. But I don't know who that person he's going to beat is going to be next week. I don't know. Then we had 11 and a half minutes of a boring-ass match between Trish and Becky. Like, literally, almost fell asleep. I was bored throughout this entire match. So, I dozed off so many times during this match. Trish has got the face mask on to start. And she headbutts Lynch with the face mask, but Lynch fought her off and hit an exploder suplex. Stratus's face mask fell off at one point. And the referee kind of stopped things for a second to give her time to put it back on. I loved Wade Barrett there. The mask falls off and Wade goes, whoa, 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 whoa. The referee needs to put a hold on this before Trish can get the mask back on. I love Barrett doing the whole, hey, just because she's a heel doesn't mean, you know, you can't abide by her and whatnot. So, Stratus 
tried bringing down Lynch with a handstand head scissor off the top rope, but she stumbled a little bit and had to try it a second time. Stratus then finally just took the mask off and used it as a weapon where the referee couldn't see her. Lynch then yanked it away. Lynch was distracted as the ref wrestled the mask away from her, and then Stratus knocked her down. After a commercial break, Lynch fought back with some strikes and a leg drop for a two. Stratus came back with a spear and got a two off of it. Stratus then tried to go for a tornado DDT, but Lynch blocked it and hit her with a superplex for a two. Stratus then tried running away into the crowd, so Lynch, well, just ran right after her. All of a sudden, they're running, they're running, they're running, ding, ding, ding. What the, what no. Oh, the referee has decided this match has ended in a double countout. Okay, and they just keep on going like they didn't even hear it. <clears throat> they fight up the stairs, they fight into the concourse, they're over by the fans. And they fought near the merchandise table where all of a sudden a hooded person shows up. We know who that is. It's Zoe Stark. She attacks Becky. Stratus then lays Becky out with a chick kick, and there we go. This was not good at all. The match portion in the ring, rough. The whole stuff with the mask, dumb. Double count out. What the hell? And then, oh, hey, Zoe's been from ringside, but not the arena. Trish had a plan all along. Dumb. Thoughts? I mean, the match overall did suck, I will say. But I like the part where they had Zoe Stark come out and attack Becky, like, out, you know, like, outside of the ring area, because, you know, technically... She's banned from ringside, but not banned from, like, like, outside of the arena. Yeah, she's not banned from the arena, banned from ringside only. So, they played into it, and that's why they announced later a cage match. Hopefully, the cage match is the final match. I sure hope so. Oh, boy. So, we go backstage, and Gunther is just pissed off. The ring general is mad at his troops. Gunther told Vinci and Kaiser that tonight was an absolute embarrassment. Gunther wondered what he should do with Giovanna Vinci. He said, ever, come, ever since coming to Raw, you haven't been the same. He said, and you, Ludwig Kaiser, your, your responsibilities have wandered. You're more focused on, quote, that girl. Kaiser apologized. He offered to go make it right and talk to Adam Pierce. He goes, no, no more you going to talk to Pierce. I'm going to get things done and I'm going to go talk to Pierce. I'm going to defend my title next week, and we're going to be done with them. So, yeah, Gunther's just like, you guys have been messing up left and right. Now I got to take actions into my own hands and get shit done. Hey, so, I mean, it was effective. Yes, no, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked it. Gunther was like, why aren't you guys taking things seriously? Do I have to beat your asses too? I, I literally thought that was coming. I thought he was going to smack them both. I don't think it's going to lead to Imperium breaking up. I no, 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 just, no. No, not at no, all. No, it's not. No, like, it's just Gunther just mad at yes. his like, troops and stuff. So we see Zoe and Stark backstage, and they're all happy about what happened, and it looks like they were about to get interviewed, and up comes Adam Pierce and goes, what was that? And don't tell me anything about, well, she was banned from ringside. So you know what? You... And Becky, you're going to fight again. Didn't say when, but said, but the next time you do, it will be inside of a steel cage. Okay. But they didn't tell us when. Like, you would think it would make sense to do it next week in Trisha's hometown of Toronto. 
Didn't say it. Maybe, but they didn't say it. What is happening next week? Two matches. First off, it'll be Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods of the New Day taking on the new makeshift team of Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle. Also, we do know that the Intercontinental Championship will be on the line when Gunta defends against Chad Gable. Last what's announced officially for next week's show. Then we go to our main event, a 14-minute match, which I really liked, between Cody Rhodes and Finn Balor. So, match is going on, and Rhodes is on the outside at one point, and Dom runs down, and he's like, he's running kind of weird, too, which is funny, and Cody just boosts him. The distraction, though, does help a little bit. The distraction allows Balor to hit a baseball slide and take over as we head into a commercial break. When we come back, Dom and Rhea are both at ringside. And Dom obviously was trying to interfere in front of the referee. Rhodes fought back with the power slam and a disaster kick for a two. Priest made his way uh, down the aisle as well as Balor hit Rhodes with a sling blade and a headlock elbow for a, a two. Rhodes then dodged the coup de gras and hit a Cody cutter. I have a question for you. Watched a lot of New Japan over the last couple of days with the G1. What do you think is the better move? The Cody cutter? Or the Oss Cutter from Will Ospreay. I like the Oss Cutter better. I think they're pretty similar. Like, I think both men do them. I mean, maybe at times Will Ospreay jumps up higher and has like a more like an arch to his instead of Cody just jumping back. So I guess the arc looks fancier with, with Ospreay. I mean, they're. I think they're both effective. Well, yeah. They're same. They're in their own way, but like, <clears throat> as far as actually like, which one looks better? I'd say probably Osprey because he does like a little bit higher mm. than Cody. The priest at one point trips Rhodes as the referee was distracted, but Rhodes fended him off and wiped out both Priest and Balor with a dive. Ripley distracted the referee as Dominic crotched Cody on the top. Balor followed this up with a superplex and got a two off of it. Dom at one point, then slid a chair into the ring, but the ref took it away. As Ripley distracted the ref yet again, Priest slid the briefcase into the ring, and it went right under Balor's hands and into the hands of Cody Rhodes. Rhodes then hit Balor with the briefcase, with the ref's back still turned, and knocked down Priest, and then hit Balor with a crossroads to pick up the victory. So there we go. Cody does get the win. Cody cheated. I will say it. Cody cheated. But Cody did pick up the win. Before we get to the post-match, what did you think of the match itself? I mean, the match was okay. Nothing great. But I thought the post-match was, like, very effective. Yes. I will say the match itself gave me some House of Torture matches from New Japan, where every time you have an evil match, you have to have five, six, seven, eight, however many people interfere every single time which is kind of getting old a little bit, but that's just the Judgment Day's thing. After the match, Dom and Balor attacked Rhodes, but Zayn ran out to make the save with the steel chair. Zayn also fought off Priest, but was decked from behind by J.D. McDonough. Judgment Day then worked together to beat up Zayn and Rhodes as McDonough looked on. Didn't help, but watched. Balor then hit Rhodes with a coup de gras in the ring and hit Zayn with one on the outside. They cleaned house, or cleared the table, and Priest put Zayn through it with a razor's edge. Balor then gave Rhodes yet another coup de gras. Judgment Day then embraced in the ring just the four core members, no J.D. McDonough with them. He came out and helped slightly, but didn't be like, oh, I'm Judgment Day now. Nope. He was like, I helped, and I'm good. 
So, cool. I really, I really like that they made Judgment Day seem like an actual dominant force, not like, not like we've seen in the past with them, where like a bunch of people have to like eat, try eating the odds and they just run away. Yeah. With that, that is everything that went down on tonight's Monday Night Raw. Now you know what we thought of the show. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's Raw. Go here, refresh the polls. I did the Twitch poll late, so we'll check that one last. But as we refresh all the others. Um... Let's see. Da, 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 da. Why is this not refreshing? Come on, Twitter. <laughs> All right. So as far as the Twitter poll does go, 46% liked the show. 19% Wait. Oh, nope. I read that wrong. 46% liked the show. 34% thought it was just alright. And 19% did not like it. Looking at the YouTube community poll, 67% liked the show, 20% thought it was just all right, and 13% didn't like it. As far as the YouTube live poll does go, pretty similar. 62% liked the show, 28% thought it was just all right, and 10% didn't like it. And looking over at the Twitch poll, only got a couple of votes over there. Everybody liked the show. So with that, cool. Monday Night Raw was not a bad show by any means. I think it was effective in a number of different ways. But, at least for me, it felt longer than normal. So, it did feel more like a three-hour show than it had been. But, with that, I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash ProWrestlingUnlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, App Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Luke, tell them where they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter at Petkey underscore 21. And you can also find me over at Twitch at Petkey. Also, guys, WrestleQuest is coming out next week, August 22nd. And if you want to know more about WrestleQuest, we actually have a interview up right now on the Pro Wrestling Unlimited YouTube channel with Mega Cat Studio founder James. He talks about the whole idea of creating WrestleQuest and getting the game greenlit, what it took to work with real wrestlers and working with community members within the IWC and the wrestling online wrestling community talking about you know early reactions of people that have played the game as far as at trade shows and demos and all other kinds of things as well. So go check that out. It's on our YouTube channel. It is an interview with James, founder of Mega Cat Studios, talking all things WrestleQuest. And remember, WrestleQuest does come out next week. Head over to pwunlimited.co forward slash WrestleQuest to check it out. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your night. We'll be back Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. Have a good one, guys.